0: Welcome to another edition of PerchCast. Got a special episode coming to you this week. This is the baseball preview episode with Coach Randy Hood beginning his third or second and a half. I don't know how you exactly call it with that COVID season, but 2.5. first full season in the books, um, starting your second full season. How's it, fit? How's it going, Coach?
1: Doing well, Brent. Thanks for having me on. I, yeah, we can say 2.5. 2.5. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, you have been on the preview circuit, I guess, a little bit. You had a radio interview earlier. Uh, what What is the question you are most tired of hearing at this point?
1: Uh, they've all really been different. I wouldn't say there's one question. I think everyone's just, uh, you know, what's my thoughts of Northeastern being picked at the top of the conference? And I think that's fair I think they deserve to be there right there I think we're right there with them but uh, you know uh, it's all preseason stuff it, it it it's basically based off of what you got returning from last year and what you did last year so uh, if if you go off that they deserve to be pick where they're at and uh, they've got a very good team and they're going to be very good this year and i think there's going to be several other teams in our league that's going to be very strong including us so uh, i think it's going to be a really good year in the league and i'm looking forward to it
0: yeah well we'll just go ahead and dive right in then so last year came to a pretty pretty tough ending um how long did it kind of take before you decided to sit down and start reviewing you know what you liked what you didn't like from from last season
1: uh I think you uh one that was a, a tough way to to finish the season. Uh just the way baseball is at times uh to to have those two games kind of finish the way they did but it just showed the resiliency in our program, the fight our kids had all year. Uh you know, we um we battled to the very end and I was so proud of them and you know, I wish uh we were able to take it another week or two uh, into, you know, the postseason, but it just didn't happen that way. But, uh, you know, yeah, you, you kind of reflect, you look at things. I think uh, losing at times uh, makes you get better if you let it. And I think our, our program's at a point right now where uh, we've been really close to taking that next step a lot of times. And uh, I think uh, we're very close now uh, when, if it happens this year, if it happens a year from now or two years from now, I just feel like all those moments like last season, what we went through and then, you know, the wins and the losses, uh, you, you learn from them. And as a program, you continue to get stronger and you keep building those blocks. And uh, we're very close to taking that next step. And I, um, I'm confident in the direction that we're going, and uh, I'm just uh, excited to get the season going.
0: So you've been doing this for a long time, so I'm sure there's not a whole lot that is new for you, but you got your first full season in as the head man last year. What, what if anything, did you take from that experience, you know, finally being in that seat for a full season?
1: Um, I think, you know – it's kind of hard to say but I would just say you know just uh what I tried to be as an assistant is is you know put the work in during practice as a coach you put it in from a recruiting standpoint at practice you put it in for helping your players get better and then the game time you got to let them play you got to let them have fun you got to let them enjoy that moment you'd make some decisions that will hopefully help your team uh be successful and put them in the right positions but the games are the fun part and you just got to let them let them go about it and and direct them in the right direction and uh you know uh i trust our assistants i trust our staff members and uh all of them and all of us work very hard and uh, once it comes game time those are the fun days where you just get out and uh hopefully what you've done throughout the week throughout the year throughout the preseason throughout the off season has prepared us to uh to be successful in the games
0: so as you guys kind of got started in the fall and and then picking it up again here in the preseason what i mean what what did you feel in the identity of this team and and how they've come together is there anything that really separates this group from from last year's
1: uh i think we're it's hard to say. Each year is different, and, uh, and I don't want to compare teams to past teams, but I just think uh, we've continued to grow our, our our culture here. We've continued to uh, to bond to, to just get stronger. Uh, you know, one thing about this team is, uh, you know, we got, I want to say, 17 or 18 new faces between freshman transfers and uh, junior college guys, so uh, you know, those guys, some of them got in here in the summer during summer school, and then obviously everybody was in here during the fall. But uh, just continue to, 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 to be strong. We talk about being a family, we talk about being a brotherhood, and you just got to uh, you know, trust every day that you're trying to get make it one percent better, and uh and just doing the right things on and off the field. And, um, you know, we're going to give you all the baseball we can give you to get you better. I just need those guys to buy in and work hard, and they do. And they put the time in in the weight room. They put the time in on their own doing their skills stuff. And then during practice, our guys get after it, and uh, we do our best to get better every day.
0: So, yeah, so many new faces this year, and we've kind of entered a new era with – the transfer portal and rosters are going to be a little bit more expanded for the next couple of years. What is, what's kind of the program philosophy and your philosophy on how you're approaching this with, uh, the portal versus bringing in freshmen and that kind of thing?
1: I still believe the backbone of your team's got to be, you've got to recruit good, good young players and develop them and, uh, and build that, uh, a belief that, you know, uh, that our program is going to help get you better. And uh, so, you know, we still believe in recruiting freshmen and, and getting them into our program and hopefully having them make big jumps in year one and year two uh, and ready to contribute in, in big ways if possible. Now, everybody works that kind of timeline. I think the uh, transfer portal, uh, the junior college route allows you to fill holes Uh, and you kind of evaluate your team as you get through the spring closer to the end. And if you see that you've got some areas that need addressing, then obviously um, looking at the transfer portal, looking at grad students, looking at uh, junior college players are great options to kind of get what I call immediate help from experienced players.
0: So you, you were in a pretty good situation where you've got a ton of guys coming back. Um, just what, what what are you kind of looking for out of the guys that you're getting back? You've got some established players back. You've got the, uh, the Tabor Monjeros of the world. But then also you've got the guys like Trevor Marsh who are going to be stepping up and probably into bigger roles this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got, I want to say, seven position starters back. I think the two we lost were Cole Weiss and Kit Brandenburg, which were really good players for us. So from a position player standpoint, Uh, It's nice to have a lot of returning guys. Uh, We didn't know until August when it was all said and done that Matt Suggs and Brooks Baldwin and even Noah Bridges would be back because they were all garnering professional interest. Uh, Obviously, Brooks was drafted. He had to make a decision. Uh, And then, obviously, Matt Suggs and Noah Bridges uh, didn't get drafted, but both of them had some opportunities as free agents. So getting all three of those guys back was uh, a big plus for us, and it's awesome to see them come back. All three will graduate this year, uh, so uh, you know they 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 have rode the 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 path of getting their education to the point where they're down to the last few classes, but they're also um, at a point in their careers where they want to get continue to get better in baseball. So. Having those three back, uh, you mentioned Trevor Marsh, uh, Dylan McFerry had a, a a good solid year for us. Uh, Tabor Monjaro is one of the best shortstops out there. Uh, people can say what they want. Uh, you know, he might he might be small in stature, but he's got a big heart and he's he's clutch. He's money, and uh, you know I, I love seeing him out there every day. I love seeing the ball hit to him because ninety nine point nine out of hundred times it's an out so uh you know jack croon kevin Pateras, ron evans all those guys are back and they've gotten better so it's going to allow us hopefully for them guys to take a next step in their career to, to hopefully uh you know continue to develop and and have uh, bigger roles for us
0: what were those conversations like with those guys i know brooks baldwin i mean he had a heck of a year, um, has done so much in the college game. What is it that brought him back to Wilmington for another season?
1: You know, uh, from our standpoint, we just, uh, if they ask, we, we give them our opinion on what pros and cons are college pro-wise. Um, our whole staff outside of, I think, one coach played professional baseball. So I'm not against professional baseball. I want our guys to have that opportunity uh, but I want it to be the right time, and I, I, I want you to have the uh, the best avenue and all the leverage to going into it. That's going to allow you, hopefully, to go to the big leagues. And and making to the big leagues is 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 not an easy thing. But um, you know, in, in situations like Brooks, uh, you know, he was, and we had four guys that were all projected to go in like round six through ten last year between Baldwin, Suggs, Root, and Adam Smith. And um, I think three of them went in the teens and then Suggs didn't get drafted. So, you know, they all had to make a decision if, if uh, what they were looking for outweighed the, uh, the opportunity of coming back to college and finishing your degree, having another year of college to develop you, uh, and, and, and playing team baseball. I mean, <clears throat> nothing against professional baseball, but in the minor leagues, it's not really about a team. It's about... You individually trying to work your way up the ladder to get to the big leagues, so college baseball is kind of one of the last few 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 um, excuse me, it's one of the last few forms of um, what I would say team baseball until you get to the big leagues. So um, you know, Brooks Brooks. And his family had to make a decision uh, based on what was offered to him from the Giants. And they just felt like uh, coming back was the best thing for him. And uh, when he made that decision, I told him, I need you to be all in on coming back and and, uh, just getting back and getting better and trying to make this another really good year for not only Brooks Baldwin, but for our baseball program.
0: So, for a guy like Brooks, you know, he's going to be a CAA player of the year candidate. What is it within his game that you think will get him to that point?
1: Well, he's been so versatile for us. He played first base as a freshman, he played shortstop for 16 games the COVID year. He played 54 games, I think, in the outfield last year. So, he's been all over the field outside of maybe pitching and catching. I think he's played every position on the field at this point, so maybe we'll get him at those two positions before he gets out of here. But um, you know, he—I think just what he has to do to get better. Obviously, uh, he got—he needs to continue getting stronger, making his body, you know, fill out more. Which he's the type of player that I think that's all going to come as he continues to get older. Uh, he's mm-hmm. going to have that man strength as he continues to get older. Um, and just fine-tuning, and, you know, he's going to be more situated as an infielder this year, probably playing second base a lot and some third base. And then if we get caught in a pinch at other positions because of the way the lineup shakes out or injuries or anything like that, he obviously can give us some depth at a lot of places. But I see him more as a second base, third base guy this year. And and continue to just, uh, you know, fine-tune little things. You know, if, if you remember – him as a freshman and, and and two years ago, I mean, he was very aggressive. He's always been aggressive as a hitter, but I think his plate discipline has gotten better. He's a little more selective at times, but if if, he, if you give him a pitch, he's going to be aggressive on it and, and put a good swing on it. So just a lot of little things, improving his infield defense and just uh, playing the game and getting a lot of reps is so important.
0: Uh, so another guy that came back is Noah Bridges and, you know, he's been an aggressive guy at the plate and, you know, about half the time he gets on base, he's going to score you a run. So what, what are kind of the things that you are looking for out of him this year?
1: Um, I'm so proud of him because one, he's had some opportunities to to take, you know, $20,000 or $25,000 and run and sign a free agent deal. And, uh, you know, he just, uh, You know, the timing of everything just hadn't been right for him. Uh, uh, If you'd asked me four years ago would he graduate, I would have probably said 50-50. And Mm -hmm. he's two classes away now, so he's going to get his degree at the end of this semester. Uh, He's been an unbelievable outfielder for us. He's got all the tools. Uh, He's a great, great kid. He's got a great heart. Um, And like you mentioned, uh, the biggest thing for him in the past has just been – consistently of putting the ball in play uh you know too many strikeouts for a guy that can really run as good as probably about two percent of the country like he has elite speed so uh he's worked hard on it he's a totally different player right now that i've seen in the past um uh doesn't mean that it's going to go out and set the world on fire but uh I think he's going to have a really good year for us. His maturity level, his ability to just go about his business the right way and carry himself a lot better it has been so much better since the fall and the spring. I'm just, uh, I'm excited for him. I'm proud of him and I'm just looking forward to him having a great year.
0: We are looking forward to uh, using the did know us or Twitter, Twitter a lot this season.
1: Yeah. And, so. and you're, you're yeah. correct. If, and we've we've been preaching that since day one he got here. Like, uh, put the ball in play; good things happen because when he's on base, he scores runs, and that's big.
0: So you got uh, Brooks holding down third base or second base. Tabor's pretty well entrenched there at shortstop. How do you see the rest of the infield setting up?
1: Yeah, I would I would say Brooks and Tabor more. If we started right now, are the two middle guys at second and short, uh, mm-hmm. first base is a combination between uh, Ron Evans, uh, who's had a really good fall in preseason for us, and I think he's he's on the verge of being a really good breakout candidate for us, and then a uh, transfer from UNC Pembroke, Ethan Balcom. Uh So, them two will share first and do a lot of the DH duties. Two big physical guys that I think is going to bring some presence to the middle of our lineup. Uh, third base could be a combination between Jack Croom, Kevin Patera, and then obviously uh, we've got a young freshman catcher, Brian Arendt, who can also play some third base as well when he's not catching. Uh, those three guys, Jack Howell was an option there, but I can see right now early a, a platoon-type situation with Kroon and Patera and Mixon mm-hmm. Arendt in there and then just kind of seeing how it plays out with, uh, you know, matchups and also just – those two guys deserve to play, and they've worked hard, and I'm going to give them opportunities to get out there and perform.
0: So with Arnt, uh being able to catch some, how much stress does that take off of Suggs from being behind the plate every game?
1: Well, we got five catchers, but uh, Matt Suggs obviously being a first-team all-conference player and a, uh, a really, really good guy catcher and hitter for us. He'll he'll be back there and Arnt's kind of uh number two right now. Uh Arnt's got a huge future for us. Uh, he actually turned down a decent amount of money and opportunity to, to sign out of high school as, as a high school player. So uh he's got a huge future. Uh he'll him and Suggs will share a, a bunch of the catching duties. And then Kevin Patera is probably our number three back there as well. So Kevin's kind of got a Brooks utility feel to him. He can do a lot of things in the infield and also catch. So those three guys would do the majority of our catching with Suggs and Aren't handling it mostly.
0: So Bauckham is a guy that I have heard a lot about. Um he like on Instagram that he's like building a house by hand or something? So what, yeah. what's kind of his story and how he came to you guys?
1: uh i mean really he kind of found us um i i I knew knew about him i knew of him Uh, obviously we didn't recruit him while he was at Pembroke. uh uh, it's just a kind of a he um he's from richmond county uh i think he'd tell you that he was a skinny six foot kid coming out of high school grew several inches during college and put on 20 30 pounds so now he's a 6'3", 230-pound physical specimen. Uh, He redshirted a year at Pembroke. He then played three years, COVID year. Then last year he started and broke his foot uh, running into an outfield wall. He played mainly outfield there. uh, And I think he played like ten games and ended up sitting out the whole year and graduated. He's got a degree in business. And, um, you know, late in the year, he just, uh, you know, reached out saying, Look, I'm graduating from Pembroke. I've already been here, I wanna say five years. Uh, he had a red shirt year, you had the COVID year, and then he ended up getting a medical red shirt because of his broken foot. So uh, he said, If he could get a waiver, uh, would, be possible to, to transfer here as a transfer student and play one more year of baseball, and he'd go to grad school for a year. And I said, If you can get, we can make all that happen. I think, uh, you know, there's a role for you. Obviously, we lost Kip Brandenburg, so it kind of opened up an opportunity for a guy like Ethan to come in and potentially play first and maybe play some outfield in DH. So, uh, found out right before school that he got the waiver and, uh, you know, he's just been a, uh, you know, he just has fit in very well with our guys. He's an older guy. Uh, I think some of them call him uncle, <laughs> um, but, uh, but he, he's, he's really talented. I mean, not only just baseball, but he's, uh, he's experienced a lot of things in life. He's worked hard. Uh, he's seen what division two is all about. He, he is very happy to have the opportunity to play division one baseball for a year. And, uh, and like you mentioned, he uh, he builds houses. He rebuilds motors and cars. I mean, he can do a lot of things. So uh, the future's bright for him, whether it's baseball or something else. And um, we're just blessed to be able to experience and be around him for a year. And I'm excited, and I think he's got a chance to have a really good year for us. I mean,
0: looking back at those numbers that he put up at Pembroke, it looks like um, he has a little power. How has that transferred so far?
1: Uh, he hit quite a few in the fall, and on scout night in the fall, I think he hit two balls over the berm in our scrimmage. Um, I'd, I'd tell you, and he'd tell you right now, he's struggled a little bit preseason right now, but uh, I think he's mature enough as a hitter and as a player how to handle, like, you know, it's three weeks where things maybe had not gone just right. Um, you know, the season's start, I'll be fine. I've done this before. Um, I think he's the all-time home runs leader at UNC Pembroke. Uh, so uh, I'm expecting him to 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 once the season starts in a couple of days to to kind of get out of his uh, preseason funk and uh, he'll be fine and uh, he'll be he'll be doing some good things for us in the middle of the lineup.
0: Moving on to the outfield. Uh, Dylan is a guy who really came on strong kind of the second half of last year. Um, I think people are expecting him to be kind of an all-CAA type of player this season. And you know, how, how are things developing for him so far in the preseason?
1: Probably our most uh, when I say improved, just most overall. He's changed his body a lot over the summer. Uh, the fall was awesome. Uh, he's faster. He's quicker. He's bat speeds better. He's got more power. He's running better. He's just he's just an all around better player than he was last year, and it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, he was pretty and, good. So no, he oh, that's was not bad. No, he was really good, but uh, he he's gotten better. Uh, so um, I, I tell him if we can keep him out of airplanes because he's a pilot he <laughs> likes to fly these small airplanes all around. New Hanover County, the coastline, and things like that. So it scares me a little bit about him going up and flying all the time. But that's what he wants to be. He wants to be a pilot when it's all over baseball. And uh, uh, he has the ability to get out there and, and get some, uh, some practice flying in pretty regularly when we're not practicing or playing or when he's in classes. So uh, he sends us all these little uh, videos of these landings and he asked how 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 they are, and I just shake my, my head God. because the plane's kind of doing just like this. But uh, no, nah, he's a, he's a really unique uh, and and great person, and I'm just glad that uh, he was able to find his way here after being at Arkansas for a year, San Diego for a year, and now now this is year two in Wilmington.
0: Yeah. Has anyone actually, uh, anybody on the team gone flying with him? I've seen, you know, his, his post on Instagram and I'm just like, this looks incredible, but also I would be
1: terrified. Uh, I think he has taken several of our players up there. And I just said, uh, once the season starts, you're the only guy that can go up there. Don't take any (laughs) players. (laughs) And uh I actually told him to quit flying, and the coaches told me, Coach, he really likes flying because it relaxes him and makes him a better player, and he hits better. So when he told, when he told me that, I said, Dylan, you can go back to flying. I'm good with it. So <laughs> do whatever you got to do uh, to keep hitting it and keep playing well.
0: So who, uh, how are you seeing the rest of the outfield lineup kind of straightening out there with Noah in center and then Brooks moving out of right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Noah's in center, uh, Dylan in left, uh, right field right now. Obviously, Trevor Marsh is back, and uh, he'll be out there a lot. Uh, We've got a freshman, John Newton, who I think has got a chance to be a really, really good hitter, and he's going to get in the mix a little bit. And then, obviously, um, Chris Thorburn's back. Uh, Chris has had some injuries here and there has a little shoulder issues right now, but uh, might not play the field. But uh, his bat is going to be very valuable for us, whether it's DHing or being one of the first bats off the bench for us in any kind of clutch situation where we need a good at bat. Uh, so, you know, those, those guys will handle the outfield. Matt Suggs might see some time out there when he doesn't catch. We'll either DH him or play him in, in the outfield. And then, you know, like I mentioned, Ethan Balkum can play some out there as well.
0: So what, what's the, uh, the balance that you try to find with a guy like Thorburn who is – it just seems like he has a knack for making that play when he's coming off the bench. But you'd also probably like to use him for three or four at-bats too sometimes.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's – right now, again, like he had Tommy John surgery a year ago, and I think he has like a slight labrum tear right now in his shoulder. So he's, he's holding it together physically. Uh, he didn't want to have surgery – Uh, because it would have probably put him out this spring. Uh, But it doesn't bother him hitting. It just bothers him throwing. So that kind of puts us in a little limbo situation from playing him in the field. Uh, But me and him have talked a lot. He understands his role. He understands where he can help our program. Um, He's one of those unique guys that kind of embraces the pinch hit, you know, the, the ability to come off the bench and have uh, no care, no fear, and uh, those guys are hard to find. And um, him and Jack Howell have been really good at that for us in the past. And uh, I told him, I said, you know how if we get in a situation in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, and we've got a better matchup with you hitting versus somebody that's been in the lineup, then I don't have a problem going that dire- direction. And uh, so, he's he's good with everything. Uh, he's had a great preseason. He's been hitting the ball hard all over. Uh, we've just been pretty much DHing him on one of the one of the inner squad teams each day. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, Chris is a very mature player. Uh, if if you go back and and kind of date ourselves, you got Chris Thorburn, Matt Suggs, Brooks Baldwin, and Noah Bridges were all starters on that 2019 CA championship team in Harrisonburg. <laughs> so uh, those, those, most of them were freshmen during that time, or, or I think Noah Bridges was a sophomore, but uh, those guys played in some big games and have played in big games.
0: So it seemed that Trevor Marsh really rode some of that late season momentum that he had into a pretty darn good
1: summer out in uh, Asheboro. So what, what are you seeing out of him so far? Trevor's been solid. He has uh, days. He's looks like maybe one of the best players in the league, and then he has days where, you know, contact is a, is another issue as far as swinging the bat. But uh, he works hard. Uh, he's got so much talent. He's uh, a guy that you've got to keep running out there and 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 stick with him and give him every opportunity to be successful. Um, but yeah. He uh he had some marsh madness for us last year. I hope he has some some two thousand twenty two spring madness for us this year. And uh he, he took last year's opportunities and then like you mentioned went to Asheboro in the coastal plain league and had a pretty good summer and uh, he's just one of those guys like you know, we've mentioned several of them that have, have kind of now in their second and third year in the program and it's time for them to have bigger roles and and kind of step up their game a little bit and, and have the production that we all think they can.
0: So I guess onward to kind of the area that is going to be the most different for you guys this year, pitching, you, you lose the pitcher of the year, you lose another guy who got drafted. Um, and, and a couple of other key pieces in there. So how uh, – at this time, I mean, I guess you got a few weeks to sort this out through the meat of the non-conference schedule, but how are you thinking of running them out there this weekend?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if everyone's going to question what, where we're at, they're going to always say, well, what are they doing pitching-wise this year? Losing Landon Root, losing Adam Smith, losing Luke Giselle, all three very, very – big, important pieces to our puzzle last year from a pitching standpoint. But uh, I'll tell you this, as, as as a coach, as a head coach, um, I'm extremely confident in the guys that we have that are going to take the mound for us. Um, I'm extremely confident in how our pitching coaches and and, and coaches have worked. Uh, coach Secrease, our pitching coach, Kelly has done an unbelievable job preparing and, and working and then getting a guy like Seth Manas here on our staff to help Kelly and to be a uh, another set of eyes to just uh, to help pay attention to what's going on and, and be a big part of our pitching and plan and program. Uh, those two guys have really uh, done a great job and have got our guys, I feel like, prepared and ready to go at it uh, starting on Friday. But, uh, yeah, we don't we don't have a, a lot of uh, guys that have been in the moment. Uh, from a from an actual college baseball season, uh, you know we've got some sophomores that pitched decent last year. You know uh, the Chenaults and the the Calverts, uh, the the Shafers, the Hodges, the Hudaks, the Bentons. They all got got some time out there, but uh, you know no one has really had to log eighty or ninety innings or or get twenty five to thirty appearances. So um, they're all going to have bigger and newer roles. Um, but um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we've had a really good competition from a starting standpoint. We basically set our preseason up to have about eight guys kind of work in the starting role. And we've kind of narrowed that down to about five or six right now. And the four guys that um, that will run out there this weekend in a starting role would be Matt Gaither, who's a lefty transfer, a sophomore. Uh, R.J. Sales, who's a freshman righty, and then Brett Banks, a, s- a sophomore right-hander from Catawba Valley, and then Ethan Chenault, a sophomore right-hander as well. So those four guys will start the four games this weekend for us.
0: So Banks is a, uh, a transfer. He's a guy who's got some innings under his belt at Catawba Valley. What, what do you like about him?
1: Uh, really, really clean delivery. Uh, very repeatable, uh, has the ability to, you know, fastball anywhere from 91 to 94, good breaking ball. Uh, He just needs to, uh, you know, when things get going a little south, is just dig a little deeper and get a little tougher for us. And uh, not that he can't do that. I've just – we've noticed a few times where, you know, those things are, you know, you're going to have a bad – In and you're gonna have a couple bad abs or where that you've just got to kind of keep competing and uh, you just got to trust the guys behind you keep it keep the the runs to a minimum Uh, we always talk about minimize if we can keep innings to uh, no more than one or two runs we're gonna be in the ball game because offensively we feel like we can put bunches of runs up at different times if we get some guys on base so uh, just minimize but he's. He's got a lot of the talent, and I think he's going to, you know, hopefully have a great week this weekend and then just carry it on throughout the rest of the season. Sales is a a young fellow
0: that a lot of people were really excited about. I mean, was he the kind of guy that, that you had a feeling could come
1: in and start in his freshman season? Uh, I wouldn't say we thought he'd jump right into it, but just the progression that he's had since the fall and then really in the preseason, he's just got better and better every time he's gone out there. Uh, He's got the ability to be a two-way player, and I think down the road he's going to play some outfield for us and probably hit, but he's so valuable right now as a pitcher. uh, We haven't been able to really work him enough as a position player. Uh, uh, He still hits, takes BP, but – just I, I didn't want him in there in the scrimmages taking a lot of at-bats just because he's got a chance to be one of our frontline pitchers. Um, but uh, he's he's got a chance to be really special. I think down the road he's gonna have a chance to play at the next level. But that's I'm not trying to put all that on his shoulders right now. I just want him to go out there and enjoy himself and and get better every day. He works hard. He's got a passion for baseball, and I think his best baseball is ahead of him.
0: It sounds like the uh, the bullpen is really setting up to be a strength again this year. You got your CODAs, you, you got both Benton's back there, um, and then Hunter Hodges, who was electric last year in, in that setup role, and closing some.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that, you know, we had, you know, six or seven guys competing for starting, start, and it, it wasn't like ones were better than the other, what it allowed us to do is take a guy like Jacob Schaefer who could easily start for us uh, and might end up being a starter when it's all said and done, but it's allowed us to put him in the bullpen. So he's a, he's a frontline guy we can go to at a lot of different opportunities. Uh, he can give us, uh, you know, a lot of innings in the middle of a game or if we need to use him at the back end as well. But I think Jacob Schaefer is going to pitch a lot for us. I think a guy like, uh, You mentioned the Benton brothers. Uh, Cole Benton's been so good for us as a left-handed guy right now. He gets a lot of ground balls. Cody's been really solid for us. Uh, Hunter Hodges is a first-team all-conference player returning and his preseason all-conference again. I see him at the back end of games uh, throwing that slider and getting a lot of outs. Uh, Jason Hudak is another experienced guy that we got back there that can get some outs for us um a uh, couple young players uh Zane Taylor, a freshman, uh, might have a chance to be a week, midweek spot starter but also pitching the bullpen uh, kind of the way Schaefer will be as well. He's been a very good for. Uh, one of our uh, top freshman recruits, Marty Gare, uh, he's gonna probably be the first guy that that any Seahawk f- player have seen to, to hit a hundred. Uh, he's gonna he throws really hard and uh, he's got a chance to be a uh, a big-time pitcher for us in a lot of different roles. Right now, we're going to use him as a reliever, but I could see him down the road being a starter as well. Uh, but uh, Luke Craig uh, has had some injuries, but uh, was one of our best relievers coming out of the fall and early preseason. We're going to take him easy right now on his arm, hopefully have him back in a couple weeks, but uh, gives us a lot of options from the left side.
0: Is it kind of easy? Is it too easy to say that that pitching depth is really one thing that that can help a program like this get over that hump and and get to a super regional and beyond?
1: Oh, oh, definitely. I think um, the the years that we've had really, really good offenses, we've lacked just enough pitching to get us in day three, day four of a regional, and get us past good teams. Uh, when you're having to bring starters back to pitch on two days rest, uh, that's tough. That's a tough ask. But uh, I think this year's team has the depth. And like I mentioned, I could I feel very confident in six or seven guys running out there and being starters for us. So uh, hopefully those guys will continue to mature as the season progresses. And, you know, we're not asking them to go out there and throw seven or eight innings every start. But if they can give us – a quality five or six innings, I think we've got bullpen guys that can go in there and get those last nine outs. Uh,
0: as far as Hodges goes, I mean, obviously he's got a great slider, but just seems so competitive out there. What, what kind of allowed him to have that success? And I mean, it seemed like uh, as the moments got bigger, the more he wanted to be out there last year.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a big time competitor, and he wants to be really good. He wants to be great, and uh, he wants he wants any role you'll give him. I know he would love to start, but I think right now for our program and for him, he's best suited to relieve and try to get get him in there two to three times a week in short stints. Uh, because we were thinner last year, we had to use him a lot and using a freshman a lot. I think at the back end of the year he got a little bit tired but he'd never tell you that he wants the ball and he wants to compete and he wants to be out there when the game's on the line but uh he's worked hard over the offseason. uh and um you know he just uh it's awesome that he's a local kid from new hanover high school uh he's got a lot of family and support here in town and uh you know obviously uh he had a great year for us last year and i'm just hoping he builds off of that and 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 goes out there and competes and has fun and and does another great job for us this year.
0: Yeah, the uh, the few games that I did make it down for, it seemed like the Hodge Lodge was, was full and full capacity. Probably only going to get bigger this year.
1: Oh yeah, he's uh he's got his own cheering section, and uh, so uh, they they like that. And I think he hasn't had on his glove he has that embroidered in um, in his glove the the Hodge Lodge.
0: As you kind of look at these first couple of weeks and, and you guys went out and did something pretty neat with Coastal as far as scheduling and getting some quality teams in both spots, what do you want to get out of these first couple of weeks?
1: Well, as we move forward, what I'd like to have is the first two weekends are, are kind of, I'd love like, which this year it's not, but in, starting next year, I, I'm talking with John Allen, but I want to have the opening weekend as the Hughes Brothers Weekend. Whether we're, whether we're playing a, uh, a tournament or not, I just want it to be the Hughes Brothers weekend because John's done so much to our program, and I think it's important. Uh, you know, the second weekend this year is the Carolina Coastline Classic where we're hosting with Coastal. But, uh, you know, we want to get good teams in here, teams that are mm-hmm. going to help our RPI, teams that are going to give us quality competition that allows us to uh, – you know, have some type of a regional atmosphere to it. Uh, this first weekend with Middle Tennessee and St. John's, uh, two solid programs. St. John's typically has been one of the better northeastern programs out there, uh, but gives us uh, – a Uh, a three-day, four-game, round-robin-type feel. So we're going to find out a little bit about our depth as far as on the mound this this weekend when you're playing four games over three days. And if you get any kind of weather, then you kind of compress that a little bit. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to be fine on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that way um, we spread those four games over three days and it doesn't tax your bullpen at all. But uh, it'll be fun to play, play somebody else, and then the uh, second weekend, uh, the Carolina Coastline Classic is basically us and Coastal just trying to get three quality top 100 programs in. Uh, all three of them are going to stay in the Myrtle Beach area and then bus to our place uh, One 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 game a day here. Uh, and it's Rutgers, Illinois, and Ball State that we'll have here on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, our plan in the future is to continue to have – uh, one, one of the first two weekends having that Carolina coastline classic and, and having quality teams come in here.
0: So the, the road trip this season is up to Appalachian state, which is going to be awesome. Might be a little chilly early March, but, uh, just, well, how did that come together? Are, are you tight with Kermit? And, uh, I, mean, I noticed you guys are playing a little more
1: these past couple years. Yeah, we've, we've, we've played several times over the past three or four years and, uh, all the times have been at our place. They've came down here. Uh, I told him we'd return a trip at some point. Uh, the, the week and the spot opened up when we decided to uh, cancel our Dallas Baptist series. Uh, Dallas Baptist was supposed to come here last year, and then we were going to go to their place this year, that weekend. Um, they, they basically canceled on us really, really late last spring. Uh, now, obviously, COVID uh, was in play, but they didn't really cancel because of COVID. They are canceling because of their own scheduling improvements, I guess, wanting to have another home series or potentially play somewhere else. I don't know the whole gist about it, but I'll be honest with you, it kind of it made me a little irritated. So mm-hmm. uh, instead of returning the trip and maybe starting something else, I just said, look, we'll just uh, bypass this year and we'll schedule somebody else, and then we'll maybe look at it down the road. Uh, so Appalachian State was open. I owed him a trip. Boone, on the third week, of, first week of March, maybe he's not the smartest thing, but uh, <laughs> it's in-state. Uh, a lot of our fans will be able to get there as long as it's not snowed out. And, uh, you know, I look at it, it as third weekend two years ago, we went to Kentucky and played – Three of the best <laughs> games we've played in a long time. So it can't be any colder than what Kentucky was because that was that was really cold.
0: Yeah, Boone any time of year is awesome. The the year that I spent living up there like it was a dream, man. I can't believe yeah. I'm an idiot for leaving there that quickly. But um so what what are you guys kind of looking at down the line? I know we we try to have one good road trip a year. I know Ohio State's coming up uh, within a couple of years now.
1: Yeah, they're, they're coming here this year and basically spending five days here in Wilmington. We're going to go to Columbus in 2024. I think like the fifth week, so the, the middle of March. Uh, next year, we're going to go to Ole Miss. It'll be our third trip to Ole Miss since I've been here. Um, what I'm trying to do is get a midweek game at like Mississippi State or Southern Miss or Alabama or somewhere like that and then roll into Oxford and play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So hopefully that that spring break week will be uh on the road down uh, in the southeastern part of the country and finishing up at Old Miss a three game series.
0: That's pretty sweet. I would I would love to go check out the dude and the left field lodge and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think uh you know it's it's great. One, just to play in some of those really, really cathedral college baseball stadiums that that you see and uh, being in that SEC, the the money that they're allowed to use and build (laughs) is pretty sweet. Uh, um, On on the other hand, it'd be nice that we could build something decently nice or maybe not quite as big here. So uh, I'll throw it out there. We need to improve our facilities here. Uh, So um, I appreciate all the help that you give to that as well. But um, no, it'll be fun. Uh, great experience at Ole Miss, and then uh, hopefully we'll get a great midweek game as well.
0: When's Oklahoma State coming down?
1: Uh, I'll keep begging them and talking to them, but uh, we might have to go out there one more time before they think about coming here. But you never know. You never know, Coach uh, Josh Holiday. He uh, he he has some ties to Raleigh and the Southeast. So he, we might, we might be able to coax them to come in at some point.
0: So I know during my, uh, I I had a long Q and a with Jimmy Bass right around Christmas time this year. And he said that, you know, they are working on some things in terms of the renovation and improvement at Brooks field. And do you have a feel for how close those might be or what needs to be done to get there? And if I could write a check, how much do I need to write it for? Probably about
1: 15 million. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, well, we'll give me uh, a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, no, we're um, we're doing some things. We've got some uh, feasibility studies and things like that working on. Um, I think our program, our, our facility is kind of about a three-phase project. We need to really address the playing surface, the dugouts, the outfield wall, the lights, and a scoreboard first. We need to get that that taken care of because it needs some improvements. Uh, I think if we get a video board, the 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 whole fan game day atmosphere would change immediately. Uh, it, it would add so much more to what what we bring. We have a great product, but. We, we, we average over 1,000 fans a game. I think adding stuff like that's going to get us in that 1,500 to 2,000 a game and just increase the overall atmosphere. Uh, second part of it is improve the stadium, the seating, the amenities like the restrooms, the bathrooms, the press box, that kind of things. The the different type, of, uh, you know, now that we can sell alcohol there, having some suites and some areas where uh, you know, it's you can sell some some higher end seating that that makes the the game day experience different as well. And then the third phase that I'd like to see is for us to at, at some point take our baseball operations, which Fisher Fieldhouse has been awesome. It's you know, we're going on year 12. Uh, when we built it, we didn't have anything from a locker room standpoint in offices. And it's been great, but we've outgrew it. Uh, and it'd be nice to take our operations back across the street and tie it into the stadium or the indoor, the turf field and kind of have everything over there from an office locker room, players lounge, weight room kind of facility. So, you know, those are kind of the wish list. Um, it's obviously going to take a decent amount of money to make all that happen. And I think though we could do it in phases and, uh, hopefully in the very very near future we're going to have some some information and, and some some things coming out that's going to say that we're starting on that process
0: awesome incredible um you know as you, as you look at nc state's new project what what do you take from from seeing that
1: um i take that uh good programs deserve to get good facilities and uh you know they've uh have done a lot when you look at the acc with less when you look mm-hmm. at baseball facilities uh, i kind of compare us the same way i mean we've we've done a lot with less over the last 20 to 25 years that a lot of people don't even realize so uh, i just hope as we move forward the uh the success that our program, our former players, our current players, our future players, and all the supporters that we've had—I hope that they—we uh, are allowed to somehow figure out a way to uh, reward all that and, and give us a place that everybody deserves uh, to continue enjoying Seahawk baseball in a in a different light here, uh, as far as facilities.
0: Speaking of former players, I uh, you know. You probably had some, I know I had some, watching Austin Warren make it to the majors. I mean, what, what was that like for you, seeing a guy that, you know, uh, came in here as a potential two-way guy from community college going out and taking the ball and becoming a really solid reliever for the last couple months?
1: Yeah, it, it hits you right here, man, right in the heart, because uh, anytime you get any of your players that you recruit and you see develop and you uh, – you have such a great relationship to get that opportunity, you know, like I think we all lived through their, his family that day, they were up in the stands when he made his debut and you see his mom and his sister and his father and his high school coach and his, his girlfriend, all of them just, you know, just happy as can be. So, uh, but no, he, uh, he's worked his tail off to get to where he's at. Uh, he did so well, uh, that, uh, you know, the Angels really look at him in a, in a great light right now. They, they think he's one of their top two or three relievers, and uh, hopefully he'll stay healthy and get in there and have a great year. And, and then, you know, over the next couple years, get himself in a position where he kind of gets something a little bit bigger than that rookie contract that, uh, you know, basically kind of falls in play for three or four years before they kind of do some renegotiating and stuff like that
0: what's it like to have all those guys? I mean, we have a number of guys right now who along with Ryan Jeffers, who is in the big leagues. Uh, you got Greg Jones coming back, who is on track to, to be in the big leagues here in a few years. What's that like to have those guys around this team?
1: It's been great. Most of them get back, uh, you know, decent early fall, September, October, once they get out of, you know, their, their responsibilities with their pro clubs. And most of them live in, wilmington area in the off season uh, but uh they really start ramping it up in november and so we've uh we've been able to set it up where a lot of them come in and uh from about 10 to 12 every day get their work in at the indoor and use the field and that kind of stuff and uh just having them around i mean you're talking about uh warren and jeffers are big leaguers you're talking about uh you know, Greg Jones, the first rounder, you're talking about the Josh Robertson's, the Gavin Stepensky's, the Casey Goldens, uh, the Clark Cotas. I mean, a lot of Seth Frankoff's a big leaguer. Um, oh, yeah. Evan Phillips
0: forgot about him. He, uh, he had a couple of nice playoff performances.
1: Yeah. He hadn't been able to make it here this off season because he's moved. I think he moved to Florida. I think he got married. So he's had a busy off season, but, uh, He's, he's definitely one we root for, and uh, he did have a great uh, postseason and, and hopefully uh, put put a little thought in the Dodgers that, hey, this guy can help us in the bullpen some. So uh, just uh, having those guys around since November, and, and some of them are still here. Obviously, because of the strike, uh, Jeffers and Warren can't really go anywhere because they're still not allowed to talk to anybody in the organization the way the strike rules are. Uh, but a lot of the minor leaguers, the Zarian Sharps, the Landon Roots, the Adam Smiths, a lot of them have already left to go to either Florida or Arizona to start, you know, uh, their, their spring training. And the minor leagues looks like it will start up on time. But uh, some of them are still here, but um, most of them have already left here in this last week.
0: So I last question before I'll let you finally get home tonight. Um, you know, as, as you look forward to down the road, CAA tournament and the regionals and the, this UNCW team will reach its full potential if.
1: Uh, this UNCW team will reach its full potential if a lot of our young, unproven arms, uh, do what we feel and they know they're capable of. Uh, And I don't need to mention any of them. And there's a whole group of them, uh, our pitching staff. And uh, we'll reach our potential if we play great defense throughout the year and we just uh, be smart offensively and uh, learn to manufacture runs using all different facets, whether it's our speed, whether it's our power, or things like that. I believe guys like a Noah Bridges, like a Ron Evans, like a D- Dylan LeFerry, If those three guys take the next step, and then we're going to be really, really good. Now, obviously, there's more guys, but I just think those three are at a point in their careers where they're going to have uh, – they're going to step in and have good years for us. There
0: you have it. We are just a couple of days away from first pitch. Four o'clock Friday against Middle Tennessee Seahawks at home all weekend and, well, for the rest of the month. So plenty of chances to see them right around uh, a couple of those basketball games. So looking forward to getting back out to Brooksfield here shortly. Thanks for coming on, Coach.
1: Appreciate it, Brent. Thank you all you do. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you and looking forward to the season.